Welcome to Pride Matters. Solve with Pride's official podcast where we're going to be chatting to people from the communities in Salford and beyond. Uh, my name is Ricky and I'm the head of people at Salford Pride. And I'm Connor, I am the head of events at Salford Pride. And so today we're going to be chatting to Ewan Job, who was the winner of Salford's Got Pride um, this year at a Pink Picnic digital event. Ewan is going to be performing at Pink Picnic 2021, which I absolutely cannot wait for. That's right, yeah. We're also going to be joined by Ben Hodge, who is our community inclusion officer, but also a trans activist, so he'll be talking to us about that. And it's also, we're going to be chatting to Aidan, and who is Aidan? Aidan's our participation officer for Doncaster Council, but also a young activist. So at Solver Pride, we've had a bit of a rebrand with our podcast, haven't we? We really want to give a platform to the communities within Salford. We've had time, because of the lockdown, to look at the organisation mm-hmm. and think about what we want to promote as an organisation. And we very much talk about the three ideals of Salford Pride being community, inclusion yeah. and equality Absolutely. and so the podcast used to be uh, called Off Key and we decided to go with Pride Matters because we are a Pride organisation, we think Prides do matter but also we're going to discuss matters related to LGBT plus history and issues that are going on and have like you say, give people from minority communities a voice. So we also are recording remotely, you know, again, the way the world is at the moment. We're doing this all from home before we can get ourselves into the studio at Solver Pride, where we can create the content there. But for now, we're doing it all remotely. So we're pulling through, so bear with us. We've got a very professional setup with the camera on a bucket. Well, we, we can make do with what we've got at the moment. Yeah, that's so. where we are. So we've got so much exciting things going on today. Um, so sh- let's sh- get started. Let's get started. So Aidan, thanks for joining us today at Pride Matters. Can you tell you're the participation officer for Doncaster Council. What what's that about? What do you do for Doncaster? So my job is to lead the youth council and youth parliament and drive forward their work and make sure that it, it's promoted as far and wide across the borough as possible. Also to ensure that they have a platform to shape and influence policy within the council from senior decision makers, um, to encourage them to make a difference, uh, endorse activism. And they focus on campaigns as well. So uh, they focus on campaigns important to young people based on the annual Make Your Mark um, consultation that's biggest across Europe where young people get to vote for issues important to them. This year, the top three that came out out of nearly a million people that voted, or very late last year, um, were Protect the Environment, Knife Crime and Mental Health. So those have been particular um, focus points for the uh, young people that I work with as a young person myself. So that's that's principally what I do at the council. A lot of fun. I really enjoy my job. So what made you uh, want to get involved in that and how did you actually get involved in doing all this? So I used to be a youth councillor myself and, um, you know, I felt very lucky to have that platform to voice my opinions because youth voice and, and youth social action has always been something that I've been passionate about and encourage and inspiring other young people to speak up. Um, so things just sort of unfolded quite seamlessly for me and I kind of got slotted into that position. I, I, did, I did become, after a youth counsellor, a young advisor 
which was a paid part-time position. Um, and I think through the work that I did there, um, I managed to work my way to the full-time position I'm in now. So what actually made you want to get involved in that? What was the thing that made you think, actually, like, I need to speak up and uh, make a difference? It's always been, there might have been a defining point in my life, but it's always been almost intrinsically part of my DNA that I've, I've got a, a theatrical background and I love the, the impact that theatre and um, it can have in politics as well. Um, and the impact and difference that it can, you know, how it can provoke thought in other people and bring about social change and things. I guess that it's about recognising the power that you have. And I, talking about personally, um, as I would, <clears throat> as I would be put on, on platforms to inspire other young people with public speeches or maybe pieces of poetry that I've written, um, the the reception from people sort of made me feel very humbled and made me realize that that was really gratifying and i just sort of thought i want to be able to um make as wide a difference as i possibly can in my life in whatever way i can um do you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah sounds a bit la da doesn't no, it but you know what it, it doesn't it doesn't at all i think um it's great when young people uh, have a voice and have um something to say and put it out there because, you know, too many people just have their opinions but don't do anything about it. And so it's really great to see when people actually are going out their way to, to make change when change is needing to happen, definitely. So, yeah, no, it doesn't sound like that at all. And I think when you think about, um, like, votes at seeing the, the discussion around votes at 16, Wales and Scotland already have that. England don't at the moment. Um, how do you feel about getting youth involved in politics like I know sometimes people think young people might not have the political awareness or the knowledge to be involved in politics what do you think about that? I think that politics should be more widely educated among young people so that they're, so that they're able to um, at least dip their toes in the water and see if there is an interest there because I think um, a lot of young people's exposure to politics is perhaps a generational perspective from the parents about whether they vote Tory or Labour, you know, and they're either one or the other and they've decided before they know anything about any of the policies. Um, I think that there's a huge gap missing, unfortunately, between the ages of 16 and 18 for young people that are passionate about politics. I would have loved to have been able to vote. Yeah. There have been endeavours um, for quite a while in youth politics to get that motioned in England, I know. Um, and... <laughs> There's a few brick walls, and it's because I suppose it's not it's not a black and white thing. You know, there's there's a whole contentious debate about whether young people at that age are are informed enough. But like like you say, it's happening elsewhere. So why isn't it happening in England? But I think like you were saying, Aidan, you know, I, I like you said, it's a very gradual thing. Like being politically aware, the fact I think is politics is in everyday life. Like. Everything we do is political, and I don't think there's a light switch that suddenly turns on when you're 18 and suddenly you're like, you know all about, like, you know, tax and income and all of the decisions that governments have to make. Like, sometimes I don't know now, like, as a 26-year-old, like, what the government's talking about sometimes, but you look at the issues and you think, what do I think about it? Like, do I agree or not? And that's that's as much as politics is for us. Like, you know, you vote for somebody based on what you believe in, and 
16-year-olds pay into the system, they can have houses, they can have jobs, like, they're involved and active every day. I, I mean, if you look at people like Greta Thunberg, you know, <laughs> she can't vote, but... She's she, like 14, isn't she? Well, she's 16 now, is I she? think, or maybe coming on to 17. She she's can't, 17. Is she? She's 17. Was she like 14 when she first started? But, you know, she's so much more clever than a lot of 30, 40, 50-year-old people that I know, and she deserves the, the, the right to vote. How do you measure... Um, how do you measure intelligence, political intelligence? You can't, can you? Um, not without taking, not not by age. That's what I mean. You can't measure it by age because there are people over sixteen, uh, over eighteen. I I was a polling clerk, uh, clerk in the most recent snap election, and the range of characters that came in to vote, you know, and. Um, the, the way that they would tell us that they were voting, which is at their discretion, the reasons blew my mind, like fully blew my mind. Um, and these are, these, are, these are some of them seniors, you know. Um, so how do you measure knowledge by age when people at that age are making very un, un, uninformed and um, sort of just silly decisions yeah. on voting? I you completely know? agree with you there, yeah. Do you, do you ever feel like people are reluctant to, to give you a space to talk um, as a young person? Like, do you ever think people oversee or undervalue your contribution because you're young? Do you know what? That's, that's a really interesting question because I felt like that a lot. People are very uh, undermining of my opinion and don't want to hear it and maybe give a bit of an eye roll because they find out my age. And I, I think you're right, Connor. And I think a lot of young people do resonate with that. Um, it's it's really about recognizing that that these are the these are the people that um, the older generation will be handing over the baton to, and <clears throat> keeping them informed so that as they become the future decision makers and leaders, um, they feel like they've always been able to have a, an input on their future. You know, rather than having to get to a point where they have to be reactive rather than proactive. We're an inclusive. We, we should be as inclusive as possible, um, and I do agree. There have there have been times where I've maybe felt a little bit marginalised or, or unheard or tokenistically listened to. You know, um, but you just got to shout louder. <laughs> you know, shout louder, shout prouder. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I remember back when I was sixteen, seventeen. I was on the bus with one of my friends, and we were talking about the 2010 election at the time and I couldn't vote and I remember saying like to my friend on the bus like oh I wish I could vote this year like it's such a shame that we can't vote like because in, back in 2010 don't know if you remember because <laughs> you're a bit younger than me <laughs> but back in 2010 there was the whole like tuition fee debate and like I was looking to go to uni and I didn't want to have to have a huge amount of debt <laughs> and so I was like you know thinking maybe I should vote like should I vote Lib Dem? Should I vote Labour? Because Lib Dem at the time were like free tuition. That didn't happen. <laughs> um, but I remember, I remember a, an old lady like who was on the bus saying to me and my friend like, "Oh, you're not old enough to be talking about these things." And it's I was patronizing. Just, and I just thought like, it's definitely patronizing. You know, we weren't talking about anything that we didn't understand. Like we were just saying like what we knew. What like you know, like I said, I was thinking that that already at that age. I wanted to go to uni, and I was like. 
I just care that like how much money I'm gonna be paying. Like people are, find it funny. Oh, you're so young. You've not lived your life yet. You don't know what you're talking about. But I mean, at the end of the day, I think our generation, um, we're seeing things in a very different perspective um, than the generation above me are. Uh, my mom, she, uh, I, I come to her and I tell her my, my views, and she says, you know. When I was your age, we just thought the world was perfect and we we were happy thinking the world was perfect. And But in reality, it wasn't, but they were a bit more naive to it all, I guess. Especially in this modern day world of social media, where you can share um, share your thoughts and beliefs to the other side of the world. And they can see that too. Whereas my mom, who's 55, she she didn't have that ability to see exactly what was going on on the other side of the world and couldn't form her opinion on that. So... The world's become so much smaller o- over time, hasn't it? And so accountability to the individual has increased, I think, and or at least that's how we perceive things to be now. You know, um, suddenly we care we, we care for for the welfare of people in other countries and and the the global state of of matters politically or, or whatever because we, we're in, we're connected with them so much more aren't we we talk earlier about getting you know young people involved in politics august this month uh, marks international youth day and the theme this year is about local national but also like global activism um and i know Aidan, you got a lot involved with um like climate action and um protests around like black lives matter and you just talk, spoke about you know the globe shrinking how do you think, like, as a young person, you can be a good activist for, like, these movements and get involved in things that are going on globally? How can we be, how can young people be good activists for these causes? I think activism is about um, using your voice first and foremost um, and making informed and intelligent um, opinions about things that are important to you and the people around you. And then doing your research because there's no excuse not to anymore you know with the access that we have to the internet and an infinite amount of knowledge out there um and then just make a plan an action plan if you are really passionate about it or or even just having conversations stirring conversations talking to family members uh, friends disseminating awareness of things that to me is um, how you can become a good social act activist um and look at what's going on locally. The, the co-chair of, of Pride Network UK, um, who works in Doncaster, Jenny Juicenap, she, a quote of hers is, I don't, or I don't know if it is actually hers, but she said it, they said, if you want to change the world, you've got to start in your hometown first. It's um, a very nice quote. Yeah. I like that. And do, do you know what all, all this that you're saying is being taken on board here? Because I feel like I would personally really like to get more involved in activism. You know, you're so right. You've got to start with the people around you, the people that surround you, and then um, p- progress with that. Even just understanding the the perspective of others and why the people are passionate about them, I think, is also really good. Um, because knowledge is power, you know. And the more that you have, the more the more broader perspective you'll have on things. And I'm learning as much as anybody else. And I think that a really nice, safe way of um, starting discussions with things that you feel a certain way towards is by starting with, and it sounds really simple, in my opinion, just like how I led there, you know, because opi- opinions um, are facts. They should be they should be informed, and 
you know, you're allowed, you're entitled to have yours. It's that willingness to um, learn about things and to, um, people can't be forced to be educated. People have to want to be educated. Uh, and, and that's the thing. And um, especially with like Black Lives Matter and the way the world is at the moment, I think people have been more open to learning and to understanding as white people, understanding what is actually going on, you know. I really agree so much. Mm. I think, you know, the, the key message that I think is brilliant of what, what you just said is, you know, activism and change happens day to day at a local level. It is speaking to your friends, challenging or questioning when someone says something like, is that what you think? Like, is that the right, like, You idea can't change why? the world overnight, can you? So, you can't. Um, I think so many people are intimidated by it because they, they see something pointless or ineffective. And one, there's, a, there's a study that shows um, in order to really sort of bring about positive uh, or social change or activism not necessarily positive um you only need one to two percent of um people to gain a critical mass and really start something in motion and when you think about that you know most people think that it's 50 percent or, or a majority but it's not it, it, that is a, that is um just a belief that people have you only need one to two percent to gain a critical mass and then you've started and then the ball's rolling um, so it's often not as huge as people think, you know, and small things make a huge difference. Exactly, you know. Small, big change happens on small scales. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Aidan, we've uh, loved chatting to you, but we uh, yeah. have a next guest to go on to. So thank you so much for joining, to, joining us. Yeah, and keep up what you're doing because, you know, young people like us need to be um, raising our voices and being heard and spreading... Um, that awareness of what we're passionate about. Um, and it's, it's uh, oh, our flag's oh. falling down. Oh, our little set. Uh, <laughs> but um, no, thank you so much for coming on. It's been great to chat to you. Keep doing I look forward to seeing what you do in the future, Aidan, because, you know, seeing young people involved in politics is so, like, inspiring, and it's great to see, like, a young LGBT plus person sharing your voice, like you said, loud and proud. Um, so well done. Thank you so much, guys. It's been amazing speaking to you. Looking after ourselves and each other has never been more important. But if you're a smoker, you could be putting yourself and those you love at risk. From the moment you quit smoking, your body begins to repair itself, giving you the best chance of fighting illnesses like coronavirus. 300,000 people have already quit for COVID. You can too. Help and support to stop smoking is still available. To find out more, visit youcangm.org. Back in June, we are the 70% held protests uh, in Piccadilly Gardens for trans rights. Connor, you and I went to those events. I knew a few of the speakers there. So Jess Rose, um, who was the DJ at the Pimp Digital, she spoke out. Um, and one of our own Silver Pride Committee members, Ben Hodge, was a part of the, the speakers as well. So... I think Ben gave a really passionate speech, so rather than us explain that to you, let's just hear it from Ben's mouth himself. I don't know about you, but I am tired. I am tired of constantly having to justify my existence to a system that doesn't seem to care. I am tired of having healthcare services that save trans lives underfunded and understaffed. I am tired of having to seek out places that explicitly state that they are trans-inclusive just to feel safe in my own city. But most of all, I am 
tired of this majority cis government thinking they know what is best for me. are being blatantly ignored, and we are no longer living in a democracy. The people have spoken, yet we will not be heard. But we will make them hear us. We will tell our local MPs why they should be lobbying for change. We will continue to sign petitions, urging the government to actually listen. All of you here today are making a difference. By showing yourselves here, you are not only showing Manchester City Centre, but the rest of the country that we will no longer sit home and be oppressed. I do not belong in a women's bathroom. I do not belong in women's spaces. For I have been lucky to have the support and help from those around me to find myself, and I am proud to be a trans man. And I do not need some crusty looking white man in number 10 telling me otherwise. Stay safe and stay together. We matter. We will not be silenced. And we will see a reform. Thank you. Hi Ben, how are you doing? Hi, I'm good, thank you. Um, I'm glad to be here, it's great. Yeah, great, it's so, good to see you. So for people who do not know, why? what was the protest about? Why were people out there and why do people want their voices to be heard? What, what's the reason for it all? Yeah, so basically um, what had happened was, I think it was um, maybe two years ago now, the government introduced a survey about uh, the Gender Recognition Act reform so what that would have meant is that people could, instead of having to pay almost £200 to sit in front of a panel and be told whether you're like trans enough, you'd basically have the option to like self-identify and also like non-binary people would also get recognition under UK law. Um, so what had happened was they did this big consultation and well over 100,000 people filled it out. In fact, I think it was something like 150,000. It was a lot. It was a lot of people. Um, and 70% of people were in favour of this reform. And the government went back on it. Like, as far as, um, you know, the government... Well, the government went back on it because they said there was a lot of influence from trans charities. But the thing is that, like, these trans charities support the people that's going to be affected by it. So it was like, well, obviously they're going to take part because they, you know, it's important that trans uh, views are heard. So there was that. And then also Liz Trust, or Liz Trust, Liz Trust, who um, basically was rumoured to say all these things about um, banning sort of like trans healthcare for under 18s. It was... Um, about like single sex spaces and their protection um, and so basically they, and then everyone sort of protested um, and that's where the GRA protest came in the we are the 70% protest um, so yes yeah, so that was sort of the lead up to that was basically just because you know being trans is hard enough <laughs> without having to sit in front of a panel of cisgendered people who probably 
only have trans experience from being on that panel and basically having to tell them even after having like surgery and hormones why you're trans enough to be you know to change your birth certificate mm. so it was very sort of like um you know it was kind of proved a lot of fears that people had but actually more recently and i think because of the protests the government have actually come out and said look we're not going to ban healthcare for under 18s which is a really positive step we know that um younger trans people are like you know they still have access to things like blockers um but it's just a matter of they're supposed to be releasing a statement in the coming weeks but i'm sure with lockdown it's um not at the top of their priority list mm. so you know but yeah so that's basically what it was all about can you explain what cisgendered and trans actually is and the difference yes between that? yeah so it's just like so transgender is like me so like i was born female i've now transitioned to male um cisgender is someone who for example was born male and you know continues to identify as male so they're not transitioning they're not going to a gender that isn't their own um, it's not a slur like th- some people think cis is a slur it's not it's just another way of identifying a person similar to trans and um, it's literally it comes from like latin um, trans being like different or change and cis being sane so um as as a cis person uh, like you said before um you know you it's hard enough being trans can you tell us what do you actually mean by that and what what are the difficulties that you face that um, cisgendered people are probably quite uh, blind and ignorant to and wouldn't normally see in their day-to-day life? Yeah, I mean, if you if we have enough time, I can, like, <laughs> I can go on. Yeah, um, I can imagine. Basically, um, so I'm trying to think of some examples. So, for example, like, at, you know, I went on what's called a bridging prescription prescription to get my testosterone which meant that i could get hormones um before going to the gender clinic but after my referral and without that bridging prescription i am still waiting i like i waited from july 2017 to august 2019 yes my first appointment now within that time i had got a bridging prescription been lucky enough that my parents offered to pay for my top surgery, went privately for um, a diagnosis of gender dysphoria. So all in all, we paid eight grand because we didn't have access to that. Now, I'm very lucky and I understand I'm very sort of in a privileged position to have that. But thinking about it as someone who doesn't, someone who relies on the NHS, someone who maybe doesn't have the parent support, I'd waited those two years for that first appointment and that first appointment was literally just a chat they said that they'd have to reconfirm my gender dysphoria diagnosis when it's like well i paid 250 pound for one why do i you know is that not enough proof really and they have that diagnosis right there as well like in she literally had it in her hand um so for people who aren't accessing the nh who aren't accessing private health care you know we have to go through a system where we have to wait. And I mean, that was a two year wait for me when it should have been like 18 months. I know people who have waited longer, mm. like even longer, just, just to get that first, like getting to know you appointments. And then you look at that. I'm still waiting now for my second appointment. So I haven't heard a thing in the last year 
from the clinic to get the my diagnosis reconfirmed. Well, NHS services underfunded and understaffed anyway, but trans services even more so. And that's why there's a big waiting list that people have to go through. And then you look at things like, for example, without the GRA, which I was mentioning before, so without me getting that, I would be married to my partner as their wife. I'd probably go down on a birth certificate as someone's mum. And like all these things just kind of, there is no understanding from the government about like, all of these things and then on top of all of these systematic issues you've got people who just don't get it there's no sort of real like you know we have things like the equality act and things like that but a lot of people don't necessarily understand and they're not because we're not taught about these things in school we're not said like look some people switch genders and that's okay some people don't and that's okay and we don't even get that really simple conversation when we're younger so a lot of people like i'll be the first trans person they met and they'll be like in their 40s you know we don't and you know let's not get started on the media representation it's just that education if we just told like people from a younger age that you know like i said as simple as some people change genders and that's okay like look at you know these are some people who have done it and it doesn't affect the cisgendered people mm. who are in control of how transgender people live their life yeah, and it's just like, it's annoying because they try to, they see trans people as a threat. You know, there's always these things of like, oh, men will dress as women and identify as women to get into the women's bathroom. Like, no, they won't. Like, it's hard enough, mm. you know, transitioning. It's hard enough getting people to understand you as a trans person. No cis person who's comfortable in themselves would transition because of how, because they'll see how difficult it is. And it's just like, it just baffles me that people see us as a threat and we just want to live life as we feel comfortable. We don't want to do anything to anyone. I just want to live my life, enjoy myself and just go out there and be. Nobody would question, you know, if someone went to a building and said, like, can I use the toilet? Like, nobody would ever ask, like, why do you want to use the toilet? Like, are you going in there to attack somebody? And I think um, you talk, uh, you know, you said a lot there about people perceiving you as a threat and I know you know the, the like you just talked about the gender recognition act and the proposals and changes that might might happen or we're waiting to see what they actually say but um I guess if people want to get involved if people want to inform themselves like how would they find out like where would you recommend how do you think people should start finding out about what it is to live as a trans person what it means to be LGBT and how can how can we as how can I, as a cis person, be be an ally for you, I guess? Um, oh, I mean, there's a lot of things that people can do that are, like, really simple. So, for example, I recommend um, My Gender Ration, which is a YouTube channel run by two uh, amazing that. non-binary people called Fox and Owl. And, um, firstly, they have the greatest names, and they do a lot not just about like i think the media very much likes to attach this narrative of like you know if you're a trans man you were a lesbian until age 16 and then you went oh no i'm a man but like that's not the case and i think my generation are great at sort of um putting that across that you know there are different trans people with different sort of life narratives um other things like checking out like local resources like you know, in Manchester and Salford, we, we're lucky that we have the Proud Trust in the LGBT Centre 
on our doorstep and you know even though at the minute it's going through renovation the resources and the staff are still available and you know i'm sure getting in touch with them and and getting on the proud trust website can help you sort of see what's available to young people around here and then it's like really simple things so like you know adding pronouns to your twitter and instagram bio to sort of normalize it and you know just kind of supporting trans friends like you know if you hear i don't know if you hear someone getting misgendered and it's safe to do so correct them but if they don't know like you know just be there for someone because i think like a lot of people like oh what can we do like let's go to the and it's just like just be a good person just be a nice person because like you know i don't want any special treatment for being trans and i know that everyone like everyone that's sort of solved pride understands that and sort of everyone in our lgbt community in manchester understands that that it's like just understand you know and i think that's what cis people are talking very generally because obviously not all cis people but like cis people sort of like oh they want special treatment they want this they want that and it's like no i just want the same rights as you and uh, ben just before you go you obviously like are involved in, in trans protests. I know you're the trans officer, um, like we mentioned when we introduced you um, at the uh, Uni of Salford. Um, but you're also a volunteer for us at Salford Pride. Um, can, you, can you just tell me a little bit, like, what do you do for Salford Pride? Um, how did you get involved? How did you find out about us as an organisation? Yeah, so um, my title is Community Engagement Officer. Uh, so basically my role consists of uh, connecting with those community organisations and getting those involved, self pride. Um, I got involved through um, uh, someone who's not on the committee any board anymore, but I got involved through him um, and doing the love and pride performance. So that was something I did, and then we spoke, and um, I had a chat with Lee, um, who obviously runs Self Pride, and that's sort of how I became involved. And I think like. I always sort of find that everywhere sort of new I go, I kind of get involved with the LGBT community there because at least like you know that there's that general understanding mm-hmm. going on. So that's how sort of how I got involved with Soul for Pride, yeah. That's great. I, I, I came and watched uh, Love, Love, and Pride, uh, Love and Pride and it was a great play. Um, and I know we've talked internally about wanting to continue that so hopefully that's a project that uh, yeah. we can work on and further and we'll, we'll have a chat <laughs> definitely definitely well thank you so much for coming on um i guess we'll see you at the next committee meeting and all that um but it's been great to hear everything uh, that you've had to say because it's it's important that people get to, to know about it all and understand what it's all about so yeah be great to yeah you. thank you for championing this platform We all want to protect ourselves right now. And if you smoke, there's something you need to know about coronavirus. Smoking increases your risk of developing life-threatening complications from COVID-19. And smoking also increases your risk of heart attack, stroke, diabetes, lung disease, and 16 cancers. There's never been a more important time to quit for your health and your family. Find all the information you need. Visit youcangm.org. We're going to be chatting to uh, Ewan Job, who was uh, the winner of Self Has Got Pride, which was the online talent competition uh, within the Pimp Pitney Digital, where the audience at home decided the winner of the event. Uh, Ewan is going to be performing at the Pink Picnic 2021, which I absolutely cannot wait for. Um, and but before we chat to Ewan, should we, should we remind ourselves of Ewan's performance at the Pink Picnic? 
So hi and welcome to Pride Matters. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. That's that's great. We've just obviously listened to your performance of ET by, which um, is a, amazing. A I'll great say. performance. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I, I, um, you obviously did that for Solver's Got Pride, which we'll chat to you about in a second. As part of Solver's Got Pride, you were judged by our guest judges, which were Cheddar Gorgeous, Amrit Channa, and Rob King. Um, right. First, before we have a little chat, we're just going to have a listen back to your feedback. And have a remember about what the judges just said. Oh, Ewan, you're so young and beautiful and talented with your whole life ahead of you. But in all seriousness, you don't need anybody to tell you've got an amazing voice. You have a wonderful voice. You have spectacular stage presence. Ewan, I really love that song choice and I love that arrangement. It's one that I've sang before myself. And you sang with a great deal of passion and you sounded really lovely. And I think Ewan will be on his way to great things. It wasn't just the judges that decided that you obviously won Sovers Got Pride, so, you know, first well done. This is the first time I think we've actually spoke to you since uh, the digital event. Yeah. How did you How did you find the event? How did you get involved? Well, it was really, really well articulated, like, because you, you see some places and, like, they do these events that are obviously usually in person, like, it's a physical thing you go to, and you see some and they're just like they're not well done like because they've gone digital but now i was watching it, i was just like it's pretty damn good to be fair <laughs> like yeah. that's up to you it was really good so with Sulfur's got pride we wanted to make it quite interactive and you know yeah, because obviously we, we couldn't be together at um peel park um to have people to vote for their favorite act was that that engagement to be there um and you know you did amazing because you got so many votes uh, well clearly because you, you you're the winner <laughs> of Sulfur's got pride how was it to, to win for you and was when Annabelle Lecter announced that you won, how was that experience? Because I can imagine it's pretty mad from watching it at home on Facebook Live. Um, how was well, that? Yeah, it don't feel it didn't feel real. I was like, oh my god, I'm doing like a Pride event because <laughs> I literally said to myself at the start of the year because um, I'm only used to doing like you know open mics and those kind of events that I'm not used to doing anything like like well produced as this. Um, and I said to myself at the start of the year, I was like, I want to do a Pride event this year. Um, 
and then this happened and I was like this is real <laughs> that's crazy How did you, I'm like, just, I know you um, you talked about when you first applied about supporting Sulphur Pride and like the picnic have you ever been to the picnic how did you find out about Sulphur Pride like how, I how are you actually, watching I, I got a, I think it was an email like through university or something because um, I'm in like the arts department and I got an email through saying um, it was like applied to perform at Pride and I was like well why the hell not like go for it so. that's really great it's great that the uni shared that with you are you at Salford University then yeah 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 okay you're not just a, a performer you're not just a vocalist you're also a songwriter and I was looking at on your Instagram you recently did like this challenge where you like come up with like creative lyrics to like you listen to some music for like 60 seconds or something do you, do you remember yeah oh my god that was so bad <laughs> <laughs> but like I thought you did such an amazing job of coming up with these like really creative like lyrics not about, easy I yeah. can do it <laughs> and a lot of your lyrics in your songs talk about like you know emotion and like um, life as uh, I, I don't know if it's about your life but about life in general like I just wonder, yeah. like what what's your creative process about how do you go about like coming up with these lyrics and stuff like that well I guess like I always like to make stuff relatable yeah. Um, I think that's a really good way to like capture like listeners' attention. You know, listening to something that you can like relate with, it's like so much better. And I think um, I don't. Know, I also like to play with songs like Electric Hearts, like one big like metaphor, and it's fun. It's like really camp and gay, but yeah, we, we love camp and gay. <laughs> Do you know? I remember We're all about that. <laughs> <laughs> when you're. Uh, a music performer like yourself and you're bring, bringing music out to bring your identity into it just gives another direction another element to what you're doing because I know the band uh, Years and Years is one one that um, I follow like really closely and they similarly talk about activism and like Ollie who's the lead singer is obviously gay and he yeah. talks about like homophobia being illegal in countries and like talks about activism and stuff like that yeah no I really I love years and years. Ollie's great, isn't he? Yeah. And, like, um, and like you say, the whole like activist side to it, and they like stand up for what they believe in. And, completely, you know. yeah. And I see you uh, was planning your outfit for <laughs> yeah. uh, the pin picnic, which yeah. is great to see. We love a bit of preparation. Literally, like almost a year in advance. No, I've got a few ideas, but um, just have to wait and see. I'm prone to last minute changes. <laughs> You obviously you do fashion at uni, don't you? Um, do you make your yeah. outfits yourself? Um, yeah, I do. Um, the stuff in class is more like contemporary, like okay, very like, like streetwear, but commercial. Yeah. Um, but you know, I go like off from my own direction, sort of. So <laughs> next year, we're hoping on our tenth anniversary to bring back the pink picnic uh, and mm. make it bigger, brighter, bolder, and full of sparkle. We've, we've <laughs> got some great ones and. You know, I think you, you can bring something to it. We're excited to see oh, what you, totally. you have to show us. The 10th anniversary, that's a big one. Do you, have, do you have any plans for what you might perform? Are you going to perform uh, E.T.? Or are you going to perform... I know you've got a single coming out very soon. Um, are you, what are you going to do? Have you got any ideas? Um, well, obviously, because it's it's next June, isn't it? It's yeah. next June. Um, so, obviously, by then, like I could have like another four or five songs out like I don't know it's a while away um, isn't it? <laughs> I'm sort of I'm sort of hoping for like a summer vibe EP at Ooh. the start of May next year so okay. whether it's a combination of that and some other songs you know that's see a very exciting announcement can you tell us about it what's it about um, how- yeah um, Hush is just about um, like it's 
picture yourself like going to a nightclub and you're like dancing with somebody and they're like oh come back to mine and it's like no I'm just here for a good time sort of thing like I'm not expecting anything or anything like that which I think is relatable for a lot of people mm. you know to nightclubs it's like they feel like not pressured but they feel like if they're dancing with somebody they've got to end up with something do you know what I mean so it's kind of like we don't have to say anything just have a good time sort of thing yeah. so yeah, yeah it's, it's a good way to bring someone to a close i think it's very summery so how would you feel you and about giving our listeners a cheeky preview of your song would that be okay that is absolutely fine <laughs> oh cool well, well we'll have a listen then to uh ewan's single which is hush hands are up to say surrender i like you but don't you definitely close up i want you to hush no don't say a word i like when i can say the music so that I heard I want you to hush Let go of your pride Just listen to your heart Or listen to your mind I want you to hush Yeah, but thank you for joining us and for being a part of Slava's Got Pride and the Pink Picnic 2021. Oh, no, thank you. Thank uh, you. We're looking forward to seeing um, what you have for us then. So, Before we say goodbye, you and... Um, when your song does come out next week, where can people find you on social media? Um, where can people listen to your song? Stuff like that. Uh, social media, it's at you and Music UK. That's the same on like Twitter and Face, uh, Twitter and Instagram. Um, and all my links are in my bio. So, <laughs> and uh, in terms of your music, uh, is it available on like Spotify, Apple Music, other streaming yeah. platforms? Yeah, it's pretty much across all the all the streaming platforms. The main ones like Spotify, Apple, Deezer, Amazon, Tidal, they're on all of them. So <laughs> That's great. Well, thank you very much again, uh, Ewan, for joining us. Um, I look forward to seeing you at the Pink Picnic next year with, with our headliners, like kind of said, but also seeing you perform and like in a great big glittery outfit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have high expectations for the outfit now from what I've seen your your Instagram. So <laughs> that big blue sparkly bodysuit I think you did for one of your lives. Like I can see that at the picnic. I can Wait, see you on campus tips, and I can imagine you're going to bring that for us. <laughs> I will try my best. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, great. Thank you so much. And well, we'll... thank you very much. No, cheers. Thanks. See you soon. Bye. See you soon. Bye. Yeah, thank you so much for tuning in. We've had a great time chatting with all our guests. It's been so interesting. I, I've actually learned quite a lot. Yeah, it's been very, very educational. You know, we've called this episode Activism Matters, and that's because you know all of the young, all of the people we've had on today are involved and active in their own communities, and it's been great to educate myself, ourselves, and hope, hopefully you've learned something and took something away too. It's been great to see fellow. Um, young people from Greater Manchester be so passionate and loud and trying to actively make a difference. The only thing that um, our evil men need to succeed is for good people to stand back and do nothing. And, you know, that has been displayed through this podcast. People are not standing back and doing nothing. And uh, our generation of people are actively trying to make a difference, which is which has been great to see. And, and yeah, definitely one of the things I definitely that will ring true in my mind every day is something that Aidan said actually, which is that, you know, he said, uh, activism or change happens day to day. It's those small interactions in life that 
make the make the difference. And there's nothing more that we can do than just yeah. tell a friend, educate somebody, you know, start with yourself and branch out. You can't change the world overnight. Exactly. But you you can make it start somewhere. So yeah, thank you so much and. Yeah, thank you to all of our guests as well. We've had a great, a great camp time and a big oh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see you next time. See you soon. Bye.